from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Golden nuggets. Right on. Golden nuggets pouring from the sky. I'm going to write it like a jingle. Golden nuggets pouring from the sky. Dude, that's like the <laughs> Luke the songwriter coming out here on Stay Paid Podcast. Yeah, but I'm going to go see a throat doctor because I went to yeah, a Tony Robbins your, your conference. Your voice is still. I went to a Tony Robbins conference a year ago. Yeah. And he has you scream at the top of your lungs if anybody's been to a Tony Robbins conference. And I blew my voice out. Dude, you would think that with all of your singing background. Correct. That you Never would have happened been used- to me before. Yeah. Blow my voice out, and since then, I lose my voice so easy. And it's now it's on the coming back, but yeah. you can still hear it. And my voice, it's just crazy. So I'm going to see an ear, nose, and throat doctor. No one panic. <laughs> only my mom is panicking right the now. The voice will be Everybody back. else listening to this, That's like, we don't care, Luke. literally mother's only job yes, is correct. to worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we've got a return guest here on the podcast. Last time we had this gentleman on, his name is Perry Marshall. And he talked in depth about his book, 80-20 Sales and Marketing, insanely fascinating stuff. So go back and listen to that podcast. It's episode 73. But basically what he did is he heavily researched this idea of the Pareto Principle and how it applies to pretty much everything from business to economics to chemistry to psychology, showing off examples of how this principle is not only universal, but that it's also fractal. Meaning, so if you don't know what the Pareto Principle it is, basically 80% of your business is going to come from 20% of your clients, meaning that the majority of your income is generated by the the minority of your customers. The fractal piece of it, meaning that inside of every 20% is another another 20% that's accounting for the 80%, right? So if you're drilling that all the way down, and this is something that we learned and it kind of blew our minds on the podcast, you can go all the way down to 1% of your clients want to give you 50% of the money, right? So if you have 100 clients paying you a dollar each, I'm making sure I don't mess this up. I'm watching Perry to make sure he's nodding along. (laughs) One of those clients is willing to give you $50. Or not willing. They want to give you $50. So then that becomes... Burning a hole in their pocket. Burning a hole in their pocket. Then that helps you direct your efforts towards how do you find that one client and then continue to expand that into the rest of your business. But we wanted to have Perry back on the podcast because we wanted to get into like digital advertising with him. Correct. Facebook ads, Google AdWords, a lot of our listeners can definitely benefit from running Google ads. But the latest book, Perry, that you've actually written is called Evolution 2.0, where you actually try to break the deadlock between the differing views on an evolution versus intelligent design. And while we're not mm-hmm. going to get too deep into the details of that particular part of the book, being a sales and marketing podcast, you told us there's a lot that you've learned about business while researching nature. And so we wanted to maybe start off just by giving a quick overview of what that book was and what led you to kind of dig into that. And then what business takeaways did you take away from, I guess, studying nature? So when when I was um, a young buck consultant about six months out of the Dilbert Cube, which is that's a like a very interesting season of your life, right? Um. In my case, I had I had a couple of clients um, almost right out of the gate, and I wasn't like cowering that the sky might be falling, but like 
I was on the run. It's like, okay, dude, you, you know, you got, you got things you got to put in place and you don't have time to mess around here. And so I, um, <laughs> I, I got busy and I got into Google ads. Google AdWords was brand new. And the, the idea that you could bid on a keyword like, um, like Oak Park, Illinois plumber and write a little ad and stick it up. And that ad would suddenly appear. It was like magic. Like I go into my Google account and I set up this ad and then I go search and there's my <laughs> ad. Right. And then the magic of this was that now I can literally three hours later, I can, I could write two or three ads and I can see how they're doing. Okay. This one got 1.4%. This one got 2.8%. This one got 6%. And now I've got this competition going. Well, so where it, where it relates to nature is, um, I didn't realize this immediately, but eventually when I got interested in the question of, okay, so what, what about design and evolution and what are these, how does nature work and where do, do we come from? I came to understand that the evolutionary process on Google was almost identical to the evolutionary process in nature. In fact, the way that I would think about that, so you get all these ads on Google and you're trying to chisel your way in, right? Like, okay, so this guy's at number one, this guy's at number two, this guy's at number three. Is there any way I can get in here and how do I wedge in here? Well, usually the way you do it is by attacking a niche or a set of keywords that nobody's really paying attention to. Like they might be bidding on those keywords, right. but they're not really writing an ad that's designed for the people that are searching those keywords. And I would call that a crack in the sidewalk. And I would, I would visualize it just like, you know, how does a weed you know, that's down there in the soil, push its way up through that crack in the soil and all of a sudden, you know, get sunlight and get nutrients. And how does it compete with the next, you know, there's there's another one over here and there's another one over there. It's almost exactly the same. The math is the same. The inputs are the same. The outputs are same by analogy. I mean, obviously they're not identical. Right. But, but, but it, it's very, very, very similar. And so when, when I started going down this nature rabbit hole, I made this amazing connection. It's like business can teach me about nature and nature can teach me about business. And then business can teach me about nature and nature can te teach me about business. And I have, I have always found that th those intuitions are very reliable. And the the big question, so if you get into the, all the debates about, uh, about um, you know, life and where it came from, all the philosophical and religious stuff, the central scientific question is, okay, so how do you get something new? Uh, about 10 years ago, we went to Costa Rica, which is a great place to have a vacation. I highly recommend Costa Rica. It's great. And we, and we went to the cloud forest, which is basically jungle. And um, it was totally fascinating. I had never been in a real actual jungle before. And, um, and the trees are very interesting because the trees 
they had these vines that would come out of the ends of the branches and the and they would go all the way down to the soil and when they they would hit the soil these little pods would open up and they would grow roots and the tour guide said the reason the trees do this is the soil is so thin they can't get enough nutrients from their primary set of roots so they literally grow extra roots out of their branches all around the tree and they go down to the to the wow. ground and so nutrients are coming up the trunk of the tree and they're also and coming the up the branches of the tree they're coming up both directions it's wild yeah Okay, it was super cool. I mean, again, if you go to Costa Rica, this is like one of the coolest things. So I already knew about like how bacteria are like trading DNA with each other's stuff. And I, I already knew that organisms intelligently adapt to what's going on around them. And I thought, I had this Zen-like thought. I thought, that tree was really smart. And that tree, somewhere along the way, asked itself a question, and it got it a good answer. And this is how it solved a problem. What if my internet ads were as smart as that tree? And then I imagined that, okay, I'm a Google ad, and I'm sitting on the side of your computer screen, and I want you to click on me. Hey, that's what we want. Click on me. <laughs> yes. No, pick, click on me. Okay. Yep, yep. Well, well, how's it going to do that? Well, it's got to ask you questions. And I said, what questions would a Google ad ask you? Because as I, I went deeper and deeper into biology, it was like organisms have the Swiss army knife of things that they do when they need to adapt. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, they can rearrange their own genes. They can trade genes with others. They can do symbiotic mergers with other organisms. So, for example, I don't know if you know this, but lichen is just algae and fungus blended together. Okay. So how is this? It I has mean, its own DNA. You said you're trying to get the Google ads to ask the questions. Like, Are you, are you saying like this is what's helping this idea of, of nature Swiss army knife is helping you with – with writing new copy yes. or you're learning yes. how to Google. Okay. So give us yes. some examples so, of, of okay, what you would so, have done. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, Oh, well, the, well, the, the trees have a Swiss army knife. So my Google ads need one too. And so I, I created this thing. So, so a Swiss army knife has all these different blades. And so, so the first blade is relationships. And this was a whole tool that we developed. In fact, it's a piece of software now. So, so the first thing we do when, when we sit down with a client is we say, we're going to go through a set of relationships and we're going to fill this out. So tell me five things that your target customer loves. Mm. Okay. Yep. And tell me five things that your target customer hates. Tell me your target customer's five worst enemies, right? Maybe their worst enemy is Donald Trump, or maybe it's Hillary Clinton, or maybe it's, you know, Bernie Madoff or whatever, right? <laughs> um, uh, tell me 
your customers' five best friends. Tell me five positive beliefs or forces in your customer's life. Tell me five negative forces or beliefs in your customer's life. And we go fill these in, okay? Well, usually by the time, even just getting done with the relationships blade, like if you sit down with a client, you actually do this, you are already pulling more information about their customers and their preferences and their passions and their fears than anybody else has ever done, okay? And so that, and then that's just the first blade. And then another blade is all the different forms of proof that you have. Well, there's a lot of forms of proof. There's like, you could have a demonstration, right? Where you like smash something with a hammer, right? Or something won't smash even though you try to smash it with a hammer. You could have it like a demonstration, right? You could have, um, uh, one of my favorites is the Sinatra test. If you can do this, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. It's a, it's a line from New York, New York, the song. Um, it's like, okay, so give me an example of that, right? Oh, well, I survived the slag heap of Google AdWords expert, and I, I ended up on top. So that's like my proof, right? Mm. Or, or um, so that, that would be an example of that. Or um, how many social media followers do you have? Or how many successful installations have you had? Or gotcha. how many so endorsements building, building have you credibility, had? Building credibility, building trust, okay. yes, yeah. I have consistently found most companies have only used a third of the proof that they actually have. I believe that. And the rest of it, it's in a filing cabinet somewhere. It's on a hard drive somewhere. There's this amazing customer story that nobody's ever heard. Yep. And like if you get buried and they get buried, nobody will ever know that it ever happened. You pull that, you, you put all that in the blades of Swiss Army knife. And then like, okay, here's another one. Visual, auditory, kinesthetic. That's a fun one. There's visual words, you know, like, like sea and rainbow and glistening, right? And there's, there's auditory words like crunch and crack and, 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 and there's kinesthetic words like, like royal or, or it made my skin crawl, right? And, and so then we start jamming these things together. So it'll be like, okay, so take something your customer hates and describe it in kinesthetic language, right? So it's the like, idea there is uh, you're giving them, you're trying to make the, you're trying to make the viewer feel something there, like actually physically feel something by reading that copy, which is going to elicit yes. an emotional response, which will elicit action, which is ultimately what we're going for with the with the AdWords. So the Swiss army knife is really these branches, uh, excuse me, I hit the mic there, but the Swiss army knife is really these branches of what are, what are some, if so, I guess to break it down for the audience a little bit, if you're sitting there, let's say you've done that, cause we're not going to get too deep into the technical of how to run a Google ad, but you understand the concept behind running a Google ad. You've looked at the mechanics of it. Now you're trying to write copy. That's going to get your ideal customer to click on it, right? Because you're paying for every single click that you that someone is taking in the Google search engine. So this is a That's way right. really to look at all of the different uh, uh, aspects of your business or or traits or aspects or needs of your customers. And now how am I combining these two things together or three things together to write copy that someone will click on? That's right. That's right. Because at the end of the day, Google is going to give the ad space. Right. 
to whoever makes them the most money per thousand impressions. Right. Right. And so Google serves a thousand ads. They want to, okay, where's the money coming from? Where's the money come from? So you can either pay more money or you can write better ads. It's, it's up to you. They'll, they'll be happy to take it either way, right? Cause either way they win. And, and by the way, all the pl- platforms work this way. I, I've been talking about Google, but essentially Facebook is no different and Instagram is no different and YouTube is no different. Uh, the, the surface level details are different, but the principle is exactly the same. And you are in a competitive environment and it is just like weeds trying to grow up between the sidewalk, right? Like the sidewalk doesn't want them to come through and the weed wants to come through. So who's going to win? Right. And, 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 and so I actually found this very inspiring because most people, when they're trying to write subject lines for emails or blog posts or social media posts or Google ads or any of this, you're, you're fighting the poverty of your own imagination. You came up with a, good, a few good ideas and you had some stuff that worked. And now you're like trying to, well, let's try capitalizing this letter or let's try, you know, saying 50% Dude, I have off so been instead there. of buy, buy, buy one, get one free. And I'm running out of ideas. And worst yet is when I try these other new ideas, usually they bomb and they tank my quality scores and they cause my bid prices to go up and they, they cause my click-through rates to go down. So it, now it becomes expensive to test stuff. Right. And now I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. So then I get stuck. It's like I get wedged in a corner. Yeah. And then, and then a competitor comes and wipes you out. And then now you're, you, you, you die of oxygen deprivation, right? (laughs) And so, and so what we needed to do was we needed to come up with a systematic method Mm. of creativity so that it's like, okay, I can just reach into a hat and I can pull out ideas that always have a, decent chance of working. I'm not even suggesting that they're always going to work because you never know. Right. Okay. But they're going to work like 10% of the time instead of 2% of the time. Right. Right. Like if it works, if it's better 10% of the time, then you can always get better and better. And you can, you can be calculated about the tests that you do and you're not taking too much risk all at once. Yeah. Are you a new real estate agent looking to make it big? You already know you're going to need to work hard to keep motivated. But you also need a clear plan of action. That's why you should check out our ebook, The Ultimate Rookie Year Guide. It'll break down what you need to do on that crucial first year, month by month. Plus, you'll get free marketing tips along the way to leverage the sphere of influence you already have. To get started, go to remindermedia.com backslash rookie guide. That's remindermedia.com backslash rookie guide for a free Ultimate Rookie Year Guide. Don't wait. Take action on this today. Such a great approach because it really is. Um, I know that like kind of the idea of of systematic and creative almost are opposites. Like yeah, people see them as right. like, you can't schedule creativity. Like we run a creative <laughs> team here. You expect me to be creative at nine o'clock in the morning. You can't schedule a task for me to be creative at nine o'clock in the morning or at seven or four <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. It's just not right. how the creative process works. So right. this is becoming disciplined in the idea of hey. If you set up this system to begin with, and then you apply your research and your ideas to that, then the creativity is 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 uh, I guess what's the word I'm looking for? But the creativity is really facilitated through the system that you've put together. But can I can I ask as the you know as I'm following you along with you guys, like the system in and of itself, 
Is it in the usage of the, the way you're categorizing or using the words? Or is the system literally the process every time of writing down about what you know about your clients, greatest pains and greatest desires? And like, what specifically is the system that, you know, our listeners would go back to and utilize? Like, if I was trying to create a Google ad right now as a real estate agent, what is that system I would, I would go do? So, so the system operates at every level of language. So let me give you two completely different extremes. So one of the blades is literally things like um, you're going to capitalize or you're going to use rhyming or you're going to swap this verb for that verb. And it's like really granular, literally just switch in this word for that word. And that is useful in a certain context, like if I have a Facebook ad or a Google ad and it's working really well, but you know, could I squeeze just a little more juice out of the orange, but keep the idea exactly the same, right? Buy one, get one free or 50% off, like stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. But so that's like the granular level, but there's also a grand level. Like, so one of them is the stages of an epic story. Mm. Okay. Well, like that's at the level of the whole entire movie, right? Well, so there's a point when the you know Frodo journey. is. You're almost certain that Frodo is gonna die in Lord of the Rings, yep. or 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 Luke Skywalker's hand gets cut off by Darth Vader. Like there's there's that kind of things. Like well, so we have stuff like that too. So it could be totally at the level of one hundred thousand foot. Like what am I even gonna talk about? Or how I'm going to tell a story, and so you can dial in all the now, way from you, the granular. Perry, do you to have this like system? Like, is this something they can purchase from you? Like you mentioned software before. Is that what they you yeah, basically so, have created this system that they can walk through every time? One is the here, you know, you call it the hero's journey, but the story, the grand picture. The other is granular tweaking an ad with rhymes, different capitalization, stuff like that. Like, yes. Um, is so, this like a system they can buy? What is it? So there's there's a couple different versions. We have we have a software that we sell as part of a like we help people do this. Like we don't we don't just rent them a piece of software. We we actually have a professional copywriter that walks them through the processes. And it teaches you how to do all that. Um, and we also have a course where you can just. Uh, we have a set of videos and a set of booklets, and you can go through and kind of manually do it. So those both exist. And if you if you go to perrymarshall.com and you search on our site for Swiss Army Knife, you'll you'll find that stuff. So that that is there. Gotcha. Both both versions do exist. Um, uh, what 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 most? So one of my friends is Larry Kim of WordStream, and WordStream is like this. Uh, like Google ads management platform to make it a little easier. And because of the nature of that platform, Larry knows exactly what Google advertisers do. And he says they never test anywhere near as many ads as they should. Hmm. And it's the same, it's the same with Facebook ads and the same with all the other platforms that most advertisers are getting only maybe 40 to 60% of the performance that they could get just from testing, never mind structural changes to their accounts, which we're not even going to touch those topics here mm -hmm. today. Yeah. 
Um, but there, there's, there's vastly more testing that is possible than most people ever do. And so, um, it's, it's, you know what? It's kind of like, it's kind of like battleship where everybody keeps doing a minor variation of C3. And, you know, like C3.1 or C3.2 or C2.9. Yeah. But like they keep, they keep hitting that same spot. It's like, you never tried H4, man. <laughs> you, you never tried J2. But isn't the limit the money? Isn't the limit always in the mind of the, the real estate agent? They're listening to this right now going, yeah, I would test all I, all I could if I had an unlimited budget and unlimited money. Like, how does one know how to test? Well, no, no, because, because this, if you, if you play with a Swiss Army type knife tool, you'll see that there are hundreds and hundreds of ideas that you never, ever, ever would have tried or considered. So it's like, no, like if you hit H4, you're going to blow up a battleship and you're going to have a big victory. And you've, if you hit G3, there's another one right there. But you you were so busy blowing all your money on C3 yeah, and losing because you keep missing. It's like every shot, every missile you fire that doesn't hit anything costs you money, right? So are you, do you want to send all your missiles to one spot? Or how about if you actually had a grid? Like, okay, we don't know exactly where these ships are, but if I hit H1, H2, H3, H4, G1, G2, I'm going to hit something. Right. And I'm only going to fire one missile at G1. I'm not going to fire six missiles at G1 because I'll just keep missing. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm hearing you right, you're kind of saying, look, there's 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 a piece of it that is obviously testing and trying little things to see what works. But then there's also this idea of going completely out of the box. And I think one of the things that you've talked about or that you've gotten from kind of this this book is this idea of the pivot method. I think you even mentioned it's sort of reinventing an offer without having to reinvent your product or in our listeners' cases, without having to reinvent your services. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about what that pivot method is? And, and how people can apply that maybe in their business, those that are doing Google ads, those that are doing Facebook ads, or those that are just doing email marketing and, you know, they have a drip list to their, to their clients. So there's a couple of those. So one of them is a lot of times if you sell a product and then there's a little bit of a service behind it, maybe you should actually lead with the service and have the product tag along. Or if you normally lead with a service and there's a product that comes with it, maybe you should lead with a product. That's great. Here's point. another one. Um, disqualification. Um, when we wrote the Facebook advertising book, when the first edition came out, Facebook advertising did not work very well for most businesses. It probably worked for 15% of businesses. Mm. And for the rest of them, it was a dog. I mean, we're talking 2011. And so we made this is Facebook for me quiz. Yeah. I-S-F-B-F-O-R-M-E.com is F-B for me.com. And we, and we even put this, it was like in the page three of the book. It said, go to this web page and score yourself, like answer these 10 questions and we'll give you a score from one to 10. And if you got, 
like a five or less, like go see if you can get your money back for this book <laughs> and do not waste your money trying to do this. Right. We didn't want a bunch can, of one star. Can Amazon people still reviews. take that test? Is that still, yeah, is they still do. relevant today? Yeah. Because we, we kept updating it. So yes, you can still That's go fantastic. there and, and it'll give you insults. Uh, so, okay. If you got an 8.9, absolutely full, full board, right? If you got a 6.1, well, maybe, or maybe it's like the fifth thing that you do. Yeah. So, um, so when you, this is a pivot because when you put a roadblock in front of your customer and you sincerely say, listen, we're not for everybody. And I don't want to have any longer of a conversation than we need to have if this is not a fit for you. So let's just get that out of the way first. Yep. Everybody's defenses go down. Yep. You're more professional. Your posture is better. Yep. And then when you turn down three guys and you go, no, 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 and they see you do it. And then to the fourth guy, you go, you got an 8.9. Absolutely. You got to put that thing to the top of your priority list. You're probably missing all kinds of opportunities. And I know that I can help you do it. And we can make you guarantees because you got an 8.9. That's beautiful. Yeah. Then, then you really have it. See, I, and this goes back to the 80, 20 sales and marketing book. I do not believe that sales and marketing is a convincing people process. It is a disqualification process. Who should I not sell to before I ever try to sell anything? Yeah. Like get rid of the people that you shouldn't that's sell a cool to. Way and then to think life about is just it. Yeah. so much better. Yeah. That's yeah. a great way to think about it. That's a great tool. I mean, if you haven't if you're sitting there thinking about should I even start getting into this digital yeah. marketing, is Facebook for me, that website is fb4me.com is definitely something to I check like out. the even process of like, you know, if you're a financial advisor or you're like a real estate agent or something, like I don't right. work with every client I need to know, like, these are the data points I need to know, maybe how much they invest oh, yeah. or like, like we mm -hmm. had a financial advisor come in and he was like, said, I only work with uh, people that have 10 million or more in net worth. Right. Right. And he comes in and says that, and that right there made you not only lower your defenses of he has qualifications, built your trust in that person, but more importantly, also made you go, hmm, do I qualify? Am I that type of person? Right. No, so you feel like, special. Yeah, you feel special. It's selected. a great sales tool, man. That is a great tip. No, that's a great that's a great idea. Even in terms of like if you are looking at how to how to sort of reinvent your offer, you know, you mentioned leading with the product before the service, leading with the service for the product. You know, think about ways that you can mix up your message and and it's really kind of the value. Where are you placing the emphasis on the value to help draw in those specific people that you want? A couple of really great takeaways there, Perry, just in terms of like Guys, go to perrymarshall.com, check out Search Swish Army Knife on his on his site there. Go to isfbforme.com, see if this digital marketing thing is something that you're looking to dig deeper into. And then obviously the books that you have to back up and show people exactly how to do it. So thanks so much for being here today. Is there anything else before we close that you had for uh, any resources or anything that you'd want to plug for the people listening? So there are some very interesting bonuses uh, in the Evolution 2.0 book. Nice. Um, which you can buy on Amazon. Um, and so I wanted to add a special, um, like for business people that buy this book. I mean, mostly it's a science book. The people that are really paying attention, like 
if especially if I alert you ahead of time, like every single chapter, there is a business application to it because it's D, whether it's DNA or ones and zeros on the internet, it's all digital code and it's all competition <laughs> of digital code. Okay. So like if you can see that analogy, so we, we put these online bonuses for the evolution 2.0 book. And one of the things that we put in there was, um, a Swiss army knife presentation that originally people had to pay a thousand dollars to be on the live stream. They're actually, um, and we, we sold a whole bunch of those. Um, and, there, there are several actually very valuable business bonuses in the Evolution 2.0 book. So avail yourself of that. And you might actually find the book is really interesting. Oh, dude, I love but it. But in I, any case, the business <laughs> bonuses will make you money. I watched a couple of interviews that you had done on the book, and I was just sitting there. I'm, I'm fascinated by this stuff. I know we got a, probably a little deep there in the beginning, <laughs> but I think we turned it into some some solid takeaways that people can start applying in their business. So thanks so much for being here, Perry. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And thank you for listening. If you like what you heard today here on Stay Paid, please go into iTunes, throw us a five-star rating. Make sure to let someone else know about the podcast. It really helps us spread the word. You can find this video, including all of our episodes, uh, on staypaidpodcast.com. And if you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, check us out on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. And I'm Luke Acre, Guys, and the action item I'll give you for this, I think there's a couple different ones that you guys could take away. I love the pivot one thinking yeah. kind of in the pivot of what you've been representing. So what is it that the message, the value proposition that you've been representing to your clients as a real estate agent? And then kind of what is the kind of secondary thing you pitch? So, you know, that secondary thing, try running that as your primary benefit for your clients, for your prospects, and see if they start connecting with that more. See how that does. The other tip that I think you should take action on is something that he mentioned, and I mentioned Tony Robbins in the beginning, made me lose my voice, (laughs) so I blame Tony Robbins. But he talks about, in business, you have to understand your client's greatest desires and greatest pain points. Because your goal is to solve those greatest desires or give them their greatest desires and to solve their greatest pain points. And I think that action item he talked about is one of the blades of really sitting down and writing out what those are. And if you listen back to the podcast, you'll hear even in more detail how he talked about the five different things that you should write down. I would encourage you to take action on that because I believe from understanding that you will have just an arsenal of weapons, I call it, to start advertising, messaging, to start coming up with messaging based upon that stuff. So remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in any industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today.